0: Welcome to Hope for Restless Hearts, the podcast of Restless Heart Ministries. My name is John Newton. Restless Heart Ministries exists to provide physical resources for people in need of emotional, spiritual, and even physical rest. You can find out more about our ministry on the web at restlessheart.org. Well, welcome back to Hope for Restless Hearts. It's been a while but uh, we've got an exciting topic to talk about today. We are talking about the wilderness. Yes, the wilderness. Now, when you hear the word wilderness, what do you think of? What are some of the images maybe that come to mind or some of the feelings? I think for me, the wilderness is this imposing desert kind of place with canyons. And, you know, maybe it gets like, two inches of rain a year, and that happens on one day, you know, that type of wilderness where there's cactus and cacti, I guess it is, and other things like that. Well, the wilderness pretty much is defined as any place of barrenness, a place where there is very little life, if life at all. I'm thinking, you know, one place on Earth that would be classified as maybe the most barren place. If you think about it, you would probably say, well, Antarctica, of course, there's all that snow, you know. How could anything possibly survive there? Well, the actual barrenest place on Earth is a place called the Atacama Desert, and it is in Chile, kind of high in the Andes Mountains, very high altitude. And it receives like less than an inch of rain a year. So much so that vegetation is almost completely absent from the desert. Now that is a wilderness. In fact, it's so crazy that there are no roads that go through there. No no civilized roads, I'd say. No paved roads. No frequently traveled roads that go through the desert. And the Atacama Desert is a place that scientists go to study what... They think life might have been like on Mars or other planets, or even some believe the planet Earth way back when. So that's an extreme example of a barren place. But the wildernesses and deserts, not always the same. Sometimes you can have a wilderness where there's a bunch of trees. Um, lovely Mrs. Newton and I have a piece of property that we own out in south-central New Mexico. And um, it's in a beautiful part of New Mexico. Now, New Mexico itself is pretty much a large wilderness, kind of like Arizona and parts of Utah and Nevada. I mean, pretty much wilderness. But there are certain pockets in all of these states in which you have high altitude. and You have mountains. And in the mountains, you find life. You find animals and wildlife and trees and hummingbirds that I love to feed. When I'm on our property, you find all kinds of different life and it's lush and you get rainfall there. But just because it's lush and green doesn't mean that the wilderness cannot exist there as well. In fact, our property sits about 500 feet from a wilderness. It's called the White Mountain Wilderness. And unlike the Atacama Desert in Chile, the White Mountain Wilderness is a forest. It's a huge forest. Hundreds of square miles of forest. So the White Mountain Wilderness is one of these places in which you could get lost, and many people have gotten lost in the wilderness and needed rescue or unfortunately not been rescued. It's a dangerous place of black bears and brown bears and and coyotes and mountain lions and all other kinds of dangerous wildlife, not to mention steep ravines and cliffs. It's just a barren place if you want to find safety so a wilderness doesn't have to be someplace that's desert it could be someplace like the white mountain wilderness which is like literally next door to where mrs newton and i have our property in new mexico so wildernesses take all kinds of forms and shapes physically anyway But today what I want to talk about is the fact that the wilderness of the physical world can often be a wilderness in our own lives. And please uh, work with me here because it sounds like an extreme stretch, but it's not. I would say that the wilderness in our lives is any period of time, an extended period of time, more than just a day or two, but weeks, months, even years of our time in which we experience a barrenness of some sort in which we experience a period of life in which we feel oppressed, in which we feel um, maybe persecuted from the outside, or we feel very uh, mellow and melancholy on the inside. The wilderness is a, a period of time in our lives, and maybe it's physical space. Maybe you're located somewhere physically in which it makes you feel a certain way a way that feels barren or empty. So the wilderness in our own lives is any period of time, and this is kind of my definition, any extended period of time in which we sense barrenness of some sort in any part of our life, whether it's a physical barrenness, I'm thinking infertility is one of those examples, whether it's a physical barrenness of disability, which is something that I suffer through every day, Whether that wilderness is something that's emotional, maybe you're in a very difficult part of your life and you have this extended period of time in which you just just feel terrible and maybe not even feel like yourself. Maybe there's a lack of joy in your life. That's a wilderness too. Sometimes it's a wilderness related to job that you have, employment, or identity that you get from your job. I know I've been in positions in my past in which I was, I felt stuck in certain jobs. And there was like really no hope of promotion. There was no hope of a raise. It was a difficult period of time in which I just felt stuck. And it was terrible. It tore up my emotions a lot and wore down my spirit. That was a wilderness for me. So, what are the wildernesses? in your life. Are you going through one right now? I I hope not for your sake, but I want you to know this. There is hope during these wildernesses, no matter how awful and uncomfortable they are. I know for me personally, it's hard to find hope because I am physically disabled and have been since I was the age of like 33, we'll say, 34, when I became permanently disabled. My whole identity was taken away from me, of what I was and what I did. Everything changed in my life, and suddenly normal tasks became more difficult for me to do. And I think uh, Shannon and I are going to talk about disability and physical ailments on a future episode of Hope for Russell's Hearts. So for me, every single day feels like a wilderness of some sort. There are many days in which I cannot drive because of my disability. There are days in which I have to miss church or miss or even cancel anticipated meetings with friends. So everything happens because my disabilities prevent me from doing routine things of life. Sometimes even gardening, which is a a love of mine and a passion of mine. Um... As I talk right now, I'm staring out our back window in our house, and I see the big garden that I've established um, for this summer, and I'm longing to go out there, but there's many days in which I can't, for one reason or another, physically do it. And so, physical disability is a wilderness. Emotional and relationship disability as well can be a wilderness too, and Shannon is a counselor. She's a professional counselor, and so pretty much people in the... Almost the only people who come into her professional office are people in the midst of a wilderness of some sort. They're going through a difficulty. Many times it's their marriage. Sometimes it's with their children. Sometimes it's with jobs or identities of who they are at the core. So they're just down in the depths of depression. And so I know it's a commonality for for a lot of us to go through this wilderness. So I want to talk about the wilderness as it relates to hope, and how we can have hope in the wildernesses of our life, no matter what they are, what you're going through, and what I'm going through. And I think when we're looking for hope during tough times, because we have the wonderful revelation of Scripture, because we know who Jesus is and what he went through on our behalf, part of that, well, I must say, actually, many parts of his life on earth Were wildernesses that he went through. And at the very start of his ministry, we see him going into the wilderness. The Spirit led him into the wilderness, the Bible says, to be tempted by Satan. And while I'm not going to talk about the Spirit leading into wilderness and things like that, because there's a whole minefield there of theology, for Jesus, he had to be tested in this way as the Messiah. As the Son of God, he had to overcome this temptation in this wilderness. And so today I want to talk about and explore how Jesus reacted to the wildernesses he faced. And he faced three different temptations and had three different responses to the devil when he was tempted in the wilderness. And I think there's a lot we can glean from this encounter or these encounters that he had. So we're going to look at Matthew chapter 4, the temptation of Jesus when he was in the desert and tempted by the devil. Uh, three different temptations in this passage. And it's verses 1 through 11. I'm reading from the Holman Christian Standard Bible, I think it's called, HCSB. It's just a little more readable of a translation, um, especially for reading like into a microphone or out loud. So, anyway, here we go Matthew chapter 4. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. After he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. I would have been too, and probably you. Then the tempter approached him and said, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. But he answered, It is written, Man must not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Okay, that's the first temptation and the answer. Here's the second one, verse 5. Then the devil took him to the holy city and had him stand on the pinnacle of the temple. And he said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down. For it is written, He will give his angels orders concerning you, and they will support you with their hands, so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Jesus told him, It is also written, Do not test the Lord your God. That's the second temptation and answer. And then the third one in verse 8. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain, and he showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. And he said to him, I will give you all these things if you fall down and worship me. Then Jesus told him, Go away, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil left him, and immediately angels came and began to serve him. So there it is. So what can we learn from these three temptations and propositions? Um, In the first test, Jesus is confronted with the fact that, well, even though he's very hungry, he's fasted for 40 days and 40 nights. He's probably had water to drink, but no food. That Jesus has unlimited power over nature. And Satan reminds him of that. He could use that power to feed himself and possibly all the hungry people in the entire world. Simply by turning stones into bread. Later, Jesus would turn water into wine. And two loaves, or three loaves and five fish. Or loaves and fish. Anyway, I can't remember exactly. Into twelve baskets fulls of leftovers after feeding a crowd. But... The wilderness has little food to eat. And even though Jesus is unlimited in his power, the temptation was to use this power on himself. And you know, in the desert, there are lots of stones. In the wilderness, even in the forest, stones are usually quite plentiful. But Jesus replies that his power on earth will depend on his Father's command And not his personal need. So the first key to living in the wilderness is to simply, and not so simply, refocus your heart in order to rely on God's provision for your every need. Refocus your heart. Change your mindset In order to rely on God's provision for your every need, food, water, strength, encouragement, faith, all these things find their origin in God himself. And we become wayward of our hearts and our minds when we forget that we owe all things to our creator and that he lovingly gives all these things to those who seek him. He is a loving father who freely gives to his children. Jesus would say in the Sermon on the Mount that, you know, what man, when, say, his son asks him for bread, would give him a stone. Or for fish, would give him a snake. God is loving and he freely gives to his children. So look for his provision every day. Now sometimes, and it's kind of hard when you're struggling, sometimes this provision of God comes in the form of people. And really important, really important to know, sometimes His provision comes through people. I can remember a number of times when my family, my dad was in Christian ministry. He ran a nonprofit for 20 years. And as a family, we were a family of five that lived off of fundraising and just the grace of God, pretty much. There were times in which we were hungry. But always God would provide through people for us. I remember a couple of times, specifically when I was a child, in which our church would give us something called a pounding, and that sounds really violent and awful, but in this case, it was a blessing. And what it was, is they would collect food from their pantries, food that they weren't using, excess that they had, or just things that they buy from the store, and they actually presented our family with this incredible stash of food. And my mom, being the savvy home cook, turned this pounding, all these different ingredients, into meals for us for sometimes a couple of months. So, this happens to the community of faith. So, I'd say, first of all, look for God's provision every day. And remember that often He provides for you during your wilderness through other people. So, it's important to stay connected to the community of faith, to the people who walk with the Lord, who walk by the Spirit every day and who will know of your need know of your wilderness I know Oftentimes, I encourage people to go talk to friends when they're having a difficult period of life and receive counsel and encouragement and encouragement is huge to get us through these wildernesses of life so really look for God's provision every day sometimes it comes out of the blue it's a check in the mail that you weren't expecting other times it comes through people just physically that you interact with every week or every month. In the second test, test number 2, Satan tries to get Jesus to do something foolish in order to prove God's protection. But jumping off the temple ledge was no way to show God's care. So Jesus told Satan to not test God. Um yeah, seriously, don't go into a wilderness of life on purpose in order to test God's care for you. He loves you regardless of whether you're going through a wilderness or an incredible high time on a mountain. He loves you, so there's no wisdom in entering a wilderness intentionally just to prove a point about God. Wildernesses that we're talking about happen in your life because we live in a fallen world. We live in a fallen world, a world in rebellion against God. So the second key to wilderness survival is to refrain from acting or thinking foolishly. When we get backed against a mental or emotional wall, we tend to act out of instinct and not wisdom. But wisdom is more valuable than gold. When the wilderness seems to have you pinned down, seek wisdom from God and from those who walk with Him. Again, the community of faith can help you here. They can help you to think rightly about God and about your life and about people around you. The third test or proposition um, of Satan was that he could give Jesus the kingdoms of the world and all the glory therein if Jesus would just worship a former angel. Yeah, Jesus is the king of angels. He created the angels. And so Satan, a former angel who fell and rebelled against him, wants Jesus to worship him. It's really... Quite silly to me, but this was the third test. You know, it's interesting. The wilderness often makes you want to compromise your core values. It strains at your moral compass in order to just stay alive or to find a way out. Oftentimes we start thinking, well, this will be okay because I'm struggling right now, so I'm going to do this. And it's not wise and it doesn't really fit with what you believe. God is sovereign over the wilderness, and Jesus rebuked the devil. Worship only the Lord, your God. The third key to enduring the wilderness is to realize that God is sovereign over all things and over all situations in your life. And He has the power to help you in your time of need. There is no situation you face in life that God is unable or unwilling to rescue you from. Remember, we have a merciful and gracious Heavenly Father who loves to bless us in our time of need. We need to seek Him during those times. And in so doing, we need to expect that He will help us in some way or form. He is bigger than the wilderness. Remember this. And He's certainly more loving. Stick close to those people in your life who can help you. With counsel, with physical resources, that with helping you keep your focus on God. Stick close to these people. It's so important. And secondly, remember prayer. Prayer is important. Stick close to God. Don't shut Him out because you're suffering. It's so easy to do because you're just mad. Maybe you think He's caused it. But remember, we live in a fallen world, and God is a loving Father, and He will provide for you if you ask Him seriously, intently, out of faith, as a Father. Now, Matthew's account of the temptation of Jesus ends with angels ministering to Jesus. Don't overlook that part. It's only one verse. at the very end, this whole little passage of Scripture. But it's huge. There's always help available when you endure the wilderness. Just remember that. Always help available in your time of need So the wilderness may be any period of time An extended period of barrenness in your life And I'm sure there's a lot more to say about the subject Than what I'm covering in this podcast It's huge And maybe we'll talk further about it in the future Please remember that God is always there as a loving Father And He'll help you in your time of need Remember to stick close to the community of faith To other Christians who are walking with God who are walking by the Spirit. So hang in there. There is hope in your wilderness, no matter how difficult it seems. Until next time, God bless, be gods, and stay tuned.